Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The world famous Superbook Sports is now at the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk. You can get right in the heart of the action. Catch all of the games on their state-of-the-art TVs in the comfort of this traditional sportsbook. I have been there. It's a fantastic place to watch a game. Superbook Sports is known for better odds, favorable pricing, and an extensive wagering menu focusing on your Colorado teams. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. Welcome to the Believe in Broncos podcast. I am your host, Troy Rank from Denver 7. Hope you're all having a wonderful summer. Honestly, had a great experience the past few days covering the All-Star Game, as you most of you know anyway. Spent 15 years covering the Rockies as a Daily Beat writer uh, for the Denver Post. Still vote for the Hall of Fame. Uh, so it was great to be back in the ballpark. Great to be back at Coors Field in front of, you know, basically a packed crowd, the energy and electricity of the home run derby from Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, uh, to the battle between Shohei Otani and, and Soto. It was just an, an, a, a terrific evening. And the game itself, you know, the pageantry of the game is oftentimes better than the game, but it was just a wonderful night. Uh, it's been an economic boon for Lodo uh, this past week. So great to see, and it makes me yearn for a packed house at uh, Empower Field at Mile High and what that's going to look like. So we're getting close, folks. Less than two weeks away before the start of training camp on July 27th. First open practice to fans will be July 28th. Uh, so I know something you're all eager uh, for, as you should be. First, some news, and then we'll get into my guest on the, today's podcast, and that is Kendall Hinton. You know him as a quarterback? I'm telling you, he's got a chance to make this team as a receiver. He's right in that mix for one of those last receiver spots. But some quick news of the day. Peyton Manning spoke today to on the Hall of Fame Zoom press conference. I was part of that. And I asked him about the end of his career in Denver. And we'll touch more on this uh, in the final podcast this week. Uh, but he said credit John Elway for taking a chance on him because of the neck surgery. And he said that essentially that Elway blended uh, the proposal and the lack of urgency while creating a comfort level. So he didn't you know, pressure Manning into a decision. And he said, essentially, you can customize your offense if you come here. And we'll make our world fit yours. And he said that was a huge part of uh, getting him to Denver. And I asked Peyton about, you know, you live here now. Like It's funny because if he had to have a, a cap on his bust in the Hall of Fame, and they don't in the NFL, that's a baseball thing, it would be a Colts cap because he spent more of his time there. But... He has become ingrained in fabric of the Denver community because he lives here. And he told me, like, hey, moving's hard. And we love it here. He raises his family here, he and his wife, uh, Ashley. And that brings up the other question and the news of the day is that would Peyton Manning be interested in a role with the Broncos given the ownership uncertainty? And that's when he revealed, hey, I'm a season ticket holder. I haven't missed any you know, home games since I retired. That was five years ago, and they haven't been to the playoffs since. So that's some tough watching. But I'm thinking, season ticket holder? Like, wouldn't you just show up and say, hey, you know, my face is my ticket. Let me in. But Peyton does go to the games. He does care about the Broncos. And he did not dismiss the idea of having a role with the Broncos. Um, he has, at this point, stayed away from a former role in football. And I've said this. 
The NFL is better with Peyton Manning in it, whether that's as president of football operations for a team, uh, whether that's uh, in some type of advisory role, or whether that's on the, in the broadcast booth. And he has been tempted by several broadcast offers over the last few years, but he's stayed out of that. And he says it's always a year-to-year decision. But he did not dismiss the idea of being involved with the Broncos. And why is that important? Well, today the lawsuit was dismissed with Beth Bolin Wallace and Amy Clemmer. And it's just another step in this process. We had talked about in previous podcast how the lawsuit was vacated and a motion filed by both parties. So what does this mean now for the Broncos and the ownership situation? And again, the dismissal of the Bolin suit for me tells me the fight's over. You know, that they're it, that these sides have either agreed to a buyout that pleases all of the offspring and children, or they have decided to sell the team uh, and they would move forward in, in that scenario with Brittany Bolin as the owner. Uh, if they were going to agree to type a buyout for the two sisters who were challenging the trust and the mental capacity of Pat Bolin when he had made amendments to the trust, then that suggests to me, this is my insight and educated guess, they would have to bring in outside investors to then, because you would essentially be buying out two family members. The Broncos aren't in a position a year after the pandemic to be buying out uh, members of the ownership group. But if you bring in two huge investors, and maybe that becomes possible, or maybe you go for a big a fish and a big whale like Jeff Bezos, I would be shocked if he's not interested, frankly. Uh, but this is where they are right now with the ownership. It appears that there's some type of settlement and will that lead to a sell of the team or again bringing investors in some scenario where they could keep the Bolin family in charge with if the trust then makes that decision that would be Brittany Bolin as we sit here today so again buckle up I expect clarity in the next several months certainly by March of the coming year that there would be some type of clarity Um, but today let's talk more about football and I had a chance to catch up with Kendall Hinton uh, today. He's training in North Carolina uh, since OTAs. And what a pleasure to get to talk to him. I, I said this to Kendall that he was an inspiration for his selflessness and humility and playing quarterback against the Saints, as you all know, uh, when the quarterback room was knocked out because of COVID-19 violation of protocols. The guy hadn't played quarterback in a couple of years, uh, and he had played it at Wake Forest before cha- changing position to practice squad receiver. Heck of a story, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, caught up with Kendall, and he tells you about everything from what he and what that experience was like playing quarterback, his competing for a roster spot as a receiver, which he's got a legitimate chance, and his ability to spread the message of his experience and addressing the Wake Forest senior class as a commencement speaker. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's not uh, delay any further. Let's go straight to Kendall Hinton. After the break, my Believe in Broncos podcast is sponsored by Hoggett Injury Law. Their motto, with us, it's personal. Speaking of personal, let me tell you about my friend, Darby Hoggett. I've known Darby for the better part of a decade, coached his son in travel baseball. At those tournaments, we would talk a lot of baseball and a lot of Broncos. He's a huge Broncos fan. We've become friends. In fact, many of Darby's clients have become his good friends. You don't even have to pay Darby up front. If your case goes as planned, Darby will be the one writing checks to you. If you've been hurt in a car wreck or injured at work, give his team a call at 1-833-HOGGIT, H-O-G-G-A-T-T, or find out more by visiting their website, 
at www.hoggetlaw.com. Welcome to the Believe in Broncos podcast. I am Troy Rank from Denver 7. I'm pleased to announce that Kendall Hinton is joining me. Kendall, how the heck are you? Oh, well, Troy, how are you? Been an interesting offseason. They always are with the Broncos. But when we look back at last season, no story captured the imagination of Broncos country like you. Uh, we're going to get to that. But first, Kendall, how's the offseason going? Uh, OTAs, you made an impression. Coach Fangio said you are definitely in the mix as a receiver to make this team. You know, talk a little bit about your OTAs and how is this offseason going, this downtime before training camp? Yeah, um, I'd say the offseason was great. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity to, to be there during the season and really grasp the offense, um, you know, learn details. And, you know, I applied that the offseason and, you know, trained and went back into OTAs and, was able to show the coaches, you know, the work I was putting in. What is the key to making that that jump to go from, because you're on practice squad, so they like you, but to go from practice squad to the roster, what did you see as the keys and the, the kind of specific areas your game you were working on to make that kind of impression you left them with during OTAs? Yeah, so um, heading out from the season, uh, you know, I was able to get a one-on-one with my position coach and we kind of discussed um, – you know, some details that, that I need to tighten up on, um, you know, some areas to focus on for the offseason. Um, so just drilling that, uh, you know, becoming a receiver. You know, honestly, this is my third year at the position. So, uh, you know, still, I'm, I'm, it's a learning process. So, um, you know, sky's the limit, I feel like. Yeah, that's what people forget. And we're going to get to your quarterbacking, but you were a quarterback. I mean, that was your identity, right? right? And you played – Two years at Wake as strictly receiver, if I if my numbers are right there, and then last year on the practice squad, how how difficult was that transition? I mean, you're athletic; anyone can see that. But what was that transition like to go from you know the one in, with the ball to the one trying to it ultimately catch the ball and get open? Yeah, for sure. I I'd say the um, the easiest transition was uh, you know being able to catch the ball. Um, I think any quarterback just that hand eye coordination. Uh, it comes pretty natural. So, um, you know, when I when I was moved out there, uh, I was able to catch the ball, um, but I just had to bring everything else. So it was, you know, getting faster, uh, quicker, um, learning routes, you know, learning, you know, details of, you know, how DBs play. You know, at the quarterback position, you have a, a good overview of, you know, kind of defense you're looking at. And, um, you know, in college, night and day from the NFL, um, you know, so that was a big transition as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd say it, it, it was easy. I, I knew the defense. I I had an idea of defenses. Um, NFL is definitely a different ball game, but, uh, you know, it was more physical, um, learning routes, um, being able to get open, and, um, yeah. Do you have an advantage knowing what a quarterback wants out of a receiver I guess it's and this now you have to be able to execute in other words do you still see at times as a receiver through the eyes of a quarterback knowing what maybe the quarterback wants or you know whether on the nuance of a route and does that still come into play do you still kind of see it through those eyes yeah for sure I uh yeah I without without even thinking um you know I've played the quarterback position since you know Pop Warner um so yeah, I definitely see it from a, a quarterback lens. Um, but like I was saying, 
Uh, the NFL is it's a totally different ballgame. So I'm seeing defenses. You know, I've never seen um, guys moving, um, you know, a lot faster. It's, it's night and day. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely say I look at it through a quarterback lens and, you know, I want to know what's on Drew's mind, what's on Teddy's mind. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, it, it, it's a different ball game. It's a different league. So kind of had to restart the whole learning process. And um, quarterback does help me out, but it's still a lot of learning. For sure. When Coach Z was working with you, you're, you're refining it. And then you have to go against this secondary. Holy, you know, macro. Is it, was that part of the kind of the fun challenge you embraced? When you look over, then you got Fuller, you got Callahan, you got Darby, you got Patrick Sertain, you got uh, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. I mean, if that's not a top five secondary, I guess I don't know what one is. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah, our 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 secondaries is amazing, and you know the the scheme that that Fangio uh, has incorporated is it's tough. Um, so OTAs was yeah, I I loved every day of it. Um, being able to go out and compete against, you know, guys that, you know, are, you know, know, top in the league, um, you know, vets that's been playing well, pro bowlers, uh, all pros, um, you know, and when you, when you're able to compete with guys like that, um, it it, it makes the curve uh, a a lot shorter. Um, You know, you get a lot better, a lot quicker. It's crazy too, because the way that Fangio plays that with quarters it almost reminds me of like a matchup zone in basketball, the way they like they're on man and they release guys. And as a receiver, you guys are all, you're all reading that in real time too, trying to figure out what, what the heck they're doing. Are you, you know, like, I got to just, it's not a choice it, it, round. Yeah. I just got to run the round. We got no shot to read a whole defense. Um, you kind of, you, you try and, uh, you know, going in, you pre-snap, you, you see what you got and, um, you know, as you're going, you got a, you got a few guys that you're paying attention to to kind of give you an idea of what you're, what you're looking at. Um, but with, with our defenses, you know, sometimes you're thinking one thing, you go look on film, and it's a totally different thing. Um, so the, I, you know, it's 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 hard to to scheme our guys for sure. Well, I mean, we can't. I, I want to jump to it because it is so important. But when we go back to last season and you find out. <laughs> that you you might be a quarterback. And I just think it was such an inspirational story. It was such an example of selflessness and everything that's happened positively uh, for you since then is so deserving because you just don't see enough of this type of humility in today's game. And so I thought what you did, I mean, you really, I mean, in baseball, they have expression like, hey, you're going to have to wear it for the team, like a pitcher. Right. You know, like, hey, you're going to have to wear it today. We have no, no bullpen left. Take me through those moments when you find out that the quarterback rooms out, you know, and just can you take our listeners through what it was like when they approached you with <laughs> the idea of playing quarterback in an NFL game? Yeah, so it was it was kind of some discussion um, that week going in on, you know, how the NFL was going to, um, what, you know, what this discipline was going to be, how were they going to handle things? Um, so it, it was talked about, joked about, but never taken seriously and, I think that uh, Saturday, that Saturday afternoon is when they, you know, they, they said that our quarterbacks wouldn't be able to play. Um, and this was probably earlier Saturday afternoon. And um, I still had no idea. So I'm, you know, I'm planning to, to have a weekend, weekend off as a practice squad player, um, you know, be there to cheer the guys on. And I get a call that night, that Saturday night. Like, hey, yeah, we're going to need you to uh, suit up for quarterback tomorrow. 
Um, and, you know, I, I, this is my, I think, third week, because I, I was released uh, after training camp. So I think it's my right. third week back. Um, you know, second week playing, I had to quarantine my first week. Um, you know, so I'm like, I have no idea our plays. It's, you know, I no no clue what I was doing. Um, you know, so we have a walk through that night, about 45 minutes after he called me. Was that Coach all, Shermer that called you or Coach Fangio? It was Coach, Coach Z. Coach um, Z called you, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, me, he said, you know, get back to the facility. You know, <laughs> we need to get on the drawing board, learn as many plays as we can. So I go and um, I meet with uh, Coach Shermer and uh, and Coach Shula and we kind of go, go over some, you know, a few plays as much as we can um, before all the offense gets there. We walk through a few plays, some things that we're going to get in tomorrow. And, yeah, from there on, it was just – you know, try to make something happen. I mean, it, the the team was so encouraging. Um, you know, coaches, players, staff, every everybody had my back, so that made it a lot easier. Um, so I, you know, I just wanted to go out there and have fun. We all knew the position we were in. Um, just go out there and do the best I could. Really. Did you have an opportunity to say no, or they just told you this is what you were doing? I it, it blows my mind that you know. People would even think the question saying no about an opportunity like that. And it may be different, um, you know, playing quarterback before, so it wasn't brand new to me. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's Sunday, Sunday football. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, it was nerve wracking, no doubt about it. But, you know, I thought, hey, I got this opportunity. You know, let's see what we can make happen. Um, you know, worst case scenario, I don't do well. And, as expected, I'm a practice squad receiver. Um, <laughs> the best case scenario, I, I tear it up, go for 300 yards. So, what? Tell me, what was on the 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 fam now famous wristband that's been displayed in the Hall of Fame? What was on that wristband? Yeah, so it was the same wristband that Drew uh, would have worn. Um, I think they cut they cut about. They they probably cut about half the plays out, so we probably had about. 25 to 30 plays up there um and phil, phil and uh royce we all wore the same wristband so um they had the wildcat plays in there and they had probably about 10 plays that um you know we had practice the night before set in for me um and so yeah we probably had about i'd say about 50 plays between wildcat and and our base formations um yeah were you calling the plays in the huddle then, or were they run? I can't remember. I should know. Were they running them in, or were you you still calling them through the headset? They were giving them to you. You were calling. Yeah, them? yeah I was. I was calling the headset. Had to, you know, learn that I've never called plays in the huddle. You know, trying to get the guys, and it was just, yeah, it was, it was a were trip they, for sure. Were, were the guys in the huddle encouraging, or what was it like? Because they obviously know what you're in, like this position. What was the huddle like? Yeah, it was. Um, they, the guys stayed encouraging throughout the whole game. Um, you know, I I was definitely frustrated the way I was playing. I wanted to play better, absolutely. So, um, you know, and the whole guys are picking me up and um, try to make sure we, nobody got frustrated and just just keep playing. It was, it was never any, anybody angry, anybody upset in the huddles. Um, everybody just wanted to, to go make a play.
did you ask him to run more? I thought they were going to use you to run more too. Cause I knew passing would be a little difficult just not cause you didn't do it. You did it pretty well at Wake Forest at times. It's just, it's the NFL. You know what I mean? Like I thought they're going to like, you're going to be do RPO and you're going to be running around maybe a little wit running a wishbone, you know, full wishbone. Did you ask him about that? Or at that point you're just. Well, it was, no, I, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, did play the, the, the play that was called, um, you know, I'm sure we, we had uh, a pro bowl uh, running back in the backfield, so we were able to do wild, wildcat. They didn't want to, you know, run me too much as the only quarterback. And, <laughs> right. That was me getting injured. And <laughs> so, um, so no, I, I, I never questioned, questioned anything on the offense. I knew they were um, hands tied, doing the best they could. So it was just a matter of, you know, trying to get through it. Let me ask you this. What what is have, have you been surprised at all the reaction of a Broncos country for what you did and even even now I mean months later this what what is kind of your reaction to their reaction? Yeah, I was I was amazed to see you know all the the fans that um, you know encouraged me and appreciate what I did because for me it was I got lucky to get that opportunity. Um, you know, just to be able to step out on the field. Um, so it, it was just wild to see how appreciative people were because um, I was appreciative myself. And and it shows the, the support that Broncos country have. Um, yeah, so much, so much respect for the fan base. So. And then you've spoken this offseason, haven't you? And have you used this, uh, your experience and what you went through as an example or, or when you speak? I don't know if it's to athletes or to groups. Well, I actually got an opportunity to speak at um, my alma mater's uh, commencement speech, Wake Forest University, um, and yeah, I, I was I had to do a virtual, um, but yeah, they allowed me to speak at commencement, which was crazy to me as well. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely definitely used my my experiences, um, you know, because just getting here was been a roller coaster for me. So just using my experiences and, you know, sharing the opportunities that I was I was blessed with, uh, you know, with those those group of students, those seniors. Um, I I hope I hope to think it had a, a pretty profound message. Um, but, yeah, it, it was an awesome opportunity to, you know, to be able to even be thought about. What was your I guess in short, the, the clip notes version, what was your message to them? Yeah, I really um, hit on uh, embracing the unknown, um, and for me, that that's a huge message because I don't think I am where I am if you know if I if I just go chase the first thought or if I if I make decisions. Um, it, 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 it's so many times it came up where I I had the opportunity to to go with what was safe um, or go with what I know and. Um, you know, every time trust, trust and uncertainty and, you know, it's, it's worked out for me. And I, I just encourage the, the seniors to, to do the same and, you know, don't put yourself in the box as you move on to the future. How do you trust uncertainty? Is that through your faith, through your friendship, your gut feeling? How do you trust uncertainty? Because you, like you said, most people gravitate to the known and the comfortable. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, that's, it's safe that, that that's safe um but my message uh, another part of my message was um you know we gravitate to what is known to what we've seen before 
um, was familiar. And like for for uh, for me, you know, just the the opportunity to to go out there and play on a Sunday afternoon, um, you know, that's I, oh, I guess with Tom and Matt, but um, you know, that specific situation has never happened before. Um, so just you know, trying to create your own story, um, you know, because we we all we all want a story that we've seen before, and it, everyone everyone is different. So um, you know, trying to trying to create a, a new story, um, something you haven't seen, something you haven't read, um, something unfamiliar. Well, and and playing off of that, that's why I'm so intrigued by this, you know, the opportunity for you to make this team as a receiver. That's another chapter in this story, right? Or does that just, does that have its own book? <laughs> Do you have to keep the quarterback to its own book? Right, right, right. When you look at this uh, in terms of the, what is the key when you get into training camp? Not only, I mean, you have to play well, but is it versatility, special teams? Do you think you'll be part of what do you see as the key when you're competing for one of those la uh, last receiver spots? Yeah, so we have um, a, a stacked uh, receiver room, as you know. Uh, you know, got a bunch of great, great receivers in that room. So uh, it's definitely going to be a, be a challenge uh, trying to get on that 53. But I think, like you said, special teams will be huge. Um, you know, being versatile, being available, um, you know, being consistent at, in every phase. Um, yeah, I, I because as a receiver, um, you know, we got we got a bunch of guys that we drafted. So uh, definitely being a, a great special teamers and and being able to be utilized, you know, wherever they need me, whenever they need me. Well, and Wake, even though you guys haven't done exactly how you want it, but you guys have had some players. Do you play with my guy, right, Justin? Sir not? Yeah, my God. What do you think of Justin? I, I interviewed him last year for my Meet the Pigs. He's fantastic. He told him he looks just like Jake from State Farm. <laughs> nah, Justin, Justin's an awesome dude, man. Great friend. Um, and it's been great to see him get back out there. He had an injury last year that set him, set him out for a while. So, you know, he's been running around looking great out there. And it's been awesome to see. Um, so, yeah, definitely happy for Justin. Um, definitely good people for sure. Yeah, I'm anxious to see because I, I know they have big plans for him if in, in coverage. He's just like he's kind yeah, of like he's a ball. He's a ball. Did, did you see him like more of as a hybrid safety linebacker at Wake? That's how they described him to me when I watched it because he, he's not necessarily a, a big linebacker, but he's kind of to me, he's that perfect hybrid. And that's why they, I think he could cover, right? Yeah, so they brought Justin in as a safety um, to, to Wake Forest. He came in as a safety. Uh, big, big safety, um, and you know he, he started picking on, putting on some weight, and um, so he could get in the box. And yeah, I think they say he, he played some boundary, um, boundary linebacker, wheel linebacker at once, and he pretty much played you know every position on, on the second level. Um, so yeah, he's crazy versatile, um, crazy athletic, and he's so long, which makes him uh, a great cover guy. Yeah, I'm anxious to see it. What are you looking forward to most with this offense? Everyone wants to know about the quarterback, and I'm not going to put you on the spot with that, but what are you looking forward to with this offense this year, second year with the same coordinator? It's been a while, but what are the what do you see for this offense moving forward? Yeah, I, well, I actually got the uh, – I spoke with um, 
one of our quarterbacks, and I asked him, you know, how, how are you feeling about um, coming into this, this next year? And he was telling me, like, it's night and day. Um, you know, this learning the offense, learning what your OC likes, um, becoming comfortable in the offense. Um, and that that applies for, for the whole offense. I, I think guys learning the, the playbook, learning what, you know, what the coaches like to see and, and, and how to, you know, fit the right people in the certain situations. So I'm I'm super excited to see how we do this year. And I think we can light it up on the offensive side for sure. Did you guys do your throwing camp with Teddy or Drew yet? I thought I was supposed to go down in Miami. Did that happen yet? Um, well, I'm I'm trying to get on that uh, you know, that that top five receiver <laughs> list so I can so be on that be on that text thread. So I, I I'm not sure I can't tell you. Yeah, but I, so how have you been preparing in the time down? Do you go uh, high school, college? You got guys thrown to you. What is that like? Because people think, oh, they have a you know vacation. It's basically like you take a five days maybe off or three, you know what I mean? And then you're back on the grind. Yeah, I think I took a a week and a half off um, after OTAs. Uh, hung out with the family, um, spent some time with them, and, and yeah, I came. I'm I'm back in Charlotte now, and I've been training since then. Um, yeah, getting after it, uh, probably about three days a, a week in the weight room, training and hitting the field, you know, routes and, you know, movement, speed, those kind of things. Uh, same, but every other day I'm not in the weight room. So, yeah, it's definitely a grind. Um, the job doesn't stop for sure. What do you want to play at? What what's uh, what weight do you play at now and then? Like 195, what, two, 205? Where no, I you? haven't been 195 since college. Um, probably, I, I say last year, uh, mid-season, I was probably high, high 180s, probably about 186, 187. Oh, wow, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this year I'm looking to stay somewhere in that range. Um, definitely looking for more speed than – than weight, yeah. Yeah, and you, that's where you feel comfortable, your speed at that weight? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I can see it. I mean, it's crazy because we had all these, all these guys getting bigger at the position, and now you look at Judy, I mean, even your body, bike body type, it's, some of it's going back the other way because it's such a speed game in space. And, it's you know. Speed kills, sure. Speed kills. Um, so, yeah, just being able to move, being able to get open, that's the key. Um, yeah, and, and weight this doesn't help that for sure. So. Well, and Vlad, we'll go back to last thing. So when they, they took the stuff to the Hall of Fame, how did, did they call you? Have you been, what was your relationship with the Hall of Fame? Did Because I, I don't know if you were able to be able to travel and see the exhibit. How does that all work? Have you seen it? Do they send you photos of what it looked to have? Because that people don't realize how rare it is to have any artifact displayed in a Hall of Fame. Like, it's just not that common. Uh, so that's got to be something you just <laughs> is like the real the cool thing. Yeah, it, that's yeah, that's another story that was crazy. I didn't find out about that until I think you got posted on Twitter or something. Uh, what you? They didn't ask you for it. Where did you put the wristband? It's your wristband. I had no ownership of the wristband. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that came from our equipment staff. But uh, now nah, they gave me they gave me a heads up after they sent it out to the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, let me know how, how they were going to do that. But yeah, first time I saw it was on Twitter and I'm hoping to go check it out someday. Yeah, that's really cool for you. Again, it's just such an inspiring story for what you did. And I hope people then widen the lens and see 
that you weren't just this, you know, one-off experiment, that you have a real chance to make this team as a receiver. And I, I imagine that's the message you kind of want to convey, and that's your attitude moving forward into this into this training camp. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, you know, the experience last year was awesome. It was, uh, you know, I had, I had a blast, and it, it was great getting that, you know, notoriety from fans, um, all the support. Um, but I, I think at this point, I'm, you know, I, I really want to move forward and uh, show, I, I guess, show what I actually can do, um, you know, why they got me here. Um, you know, that's not that I'm I'm still here because I stepped in, but I'm actually here because I'm a, I'm a good player. So I'm um, getting that opportunity this year to, to go and show what I can do. Yeah, I want in a lighthearted moment to see you argue with one of the quarterbacks and tell them they threw it the wrong route because you and you could say I I was back there <laughs> I know I know where that ball's supposed to go. <laughs> no, and that and it's funny. I, um, the day after I I got to talk to Drew and he was like, uh, you know, I told him so much. I got so much more respect for for the job you guys do. Uh, you know, bullets fly so much faster back there, guys. Guys are a lot bigger, so it's yeah, it's definitely a different ball game than what I was used to. Well, again, it was it was a it was I know it didn't play out exactly the way you wanted to, but sometimes life works out in mysterious ways, and in a way, it helped highlight who you are as a person, and let Broncos country in to let, kind of get to know you and your humility and your grace through this and your work ethic. I think now people are starting to understand that's why you're in the NFL. Definitely, definitely, I appreciate that, sure. Well, Kendall, I know you're a busy man. Again, Kendall Hinton, my guest. He's no, don't think it was the quarterback, folks. He's pushing for a receiver position on this team. He's there for a reason. And again, I've talked to sources for the last couple of weeks, and they're like, don't sleep on this guy. He's he's ready. He's putting himself in position. So we'll be rooting for you, Kendall. I know Broncos country will be keeping an eye on you, and they'll be glad, happy to be out of training camp uh, watching you run routes. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Josh. All right, Kendall, take care. See you in a few weeks, my man. All right, have a good one. Okay, take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Kendall Hinton, the Broncos receiver. Again, he's got a real chance to make this team. He's going to have to show versatility, going to have to play special teams, but easy guy for Broncos country to root for. And it's the more you learn about Kendall, the more you like about him. So thanks to Kendall for being my guest on the, the pod this week. Look forward to seeing him in training camp in you know, less than two weeks now. I want to thank my sponsor, Superbook Sports, the great folks over there, Darby Hoggett, uh, my friend and the injury uh, personal injury lawyer, and certainly my son, Dagan, for producing this podcast. Broncos country, I do this pod for you. But happiness, that starts with me. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.